And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson. At Doc Manson. Would you say that you are the type of person who likes watching the puddles gather rain? No, I don't think I would. The can- uh, Durango Canyon Matthews at the T- C. Matthews. I always want to say the canyon, I think. The canyon Matthews. canyon? Nobody. Exactly. Uh, you were humming a song while we, we got ourselves going here, and I instantly recognized it, I believe, uh, as No Rain from the 90s band Blind Melon. Do you ever have a song that just you hear it and immediately you're in your younger self? Hmm. Do you have that thing with music? I'm not a huge music fan, but I have those moments. I don't think I am, if only because I'm also not a huge music person. Um, For most of my formative years, I was way into Weird Al Yankovic, and that's about it. So... I'm trying to even think like even like, you know, not not to creep or gross you out. Like I'm trying to think like, was there a song playing like the first time I had sex or something? Because like I imagine like that's a that's a touchstone mm-hmm. for people. Was was there? And I, was I, there? I don't I don't think so. No, I'm going to say no. So like, I don't know. Like, I don't I don't know. I don't think about music that way, I guess is. Like, I, I guess the only thing that maybe would be like, I do remember like, you know, like the songs that were playing at my wedding. Um, although I remember the song, but if you were to ask me what it was right this second, I wasn't going to me. because I know sometimes that's a dangerous slope. So I wasn't going to ask at the Beach Boys that we, we left to the Beach Boys after the end yeah. of the ceremony. Um, what was the name of that song? Beach Boys. Um no, not Kokomo. Um, what would I be uh, without you? God only knows is the name of yeah. the song. Yes, that's yeah, what God you only left knows. To. So that was what we left the ceremony to. I enjoy that song quite a bit. Um, so when you hear it, do you go back to leaving the castle where you were married? You were married in the castle, weren't you? Yeah, you were. We were married outside of the castle, but yeah, yeah. Then we retreated to the castle for, you know, the, the evening's festivities. Um, and then, of course, our first dance was Rose of My Heart um, by Johnny Cash. So I remember okay. that. Those songs, I guess, you, take oh, me back. You have moments. earned all the brownie points. I can, I can hear Mrs. Manson in the future. Just melting at you remembering these things. Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt that. But, but anyways, yeah, I guess those maybe you DC. How about you? Since you asked the question, I figured I should ask you back. Um, there are certain '90s songs that will put me right back. Uh, you know, Google, uh, Google. No, that's a different song. Goo Goo Dolls. Um. Yeah, Iris. I had uh, my best friend. One of my best friends in high school was in love with the lead singer 
of the Google Dolls, Mr. Johnny Rezesnek. And when that song came out, she lost her mind. Um, hmm. So, you know, that sort of thing. Oh. We, were, we were of the age when the Verve Pipes freshman came out and we were actually in eighth grade going into ninth grade. So somebody was clever enough to change. We were merely freshmen to we were nearly freshmen and it played at our eighth grade graduation. Uh, ah. So, you know, those sorts of things. But I re- actually, you know, I just occurred to me, I just had this experience over the weekend, okay. actually. Um, it's not the sort of thing that I guess normally stays in my mind, but we were in mm-hmm. the car. Uh, we were driving out uh, to do some errands. And on the radio, what should come on but song number two uh, by Blur. And when I hear that song, I think about high school and I think about the seeing the trailer for uh, Starship Troopers, which I believe played that song ad nauseum. And I definitely had a flashback to that. So there you go, DC Matthews. I guess I do. I guess that does. I think it happens to everyone. They say that, you know, smell and taste and like there are certain senses that are very much triggered and tied to memory. And I think sound is one of those. So, yeah, you know, there's like and so, again, you immediately humming Blind Melon. I don't even think you know what you were singing. I wasn't. But I was just like, oh, and I can remember the music video because there's the girl in the Bumblebee outfit. And I'm like, I think I might have been humming it because Weird Al might have included some of that in one of his polka remixes. And I think there was a music video where he had a parody of that Bumblebee outfit girl being very sad. Um, And I think I think that's actually what I was humming. But of course, it's actually a real song. Also, yeah. well, I wish there was a button and we may have talked about this. I wish there was a button in the car that you could press that would immediately if you hear a song and you know there's a Weird Al version, there's a Weird Al button that you can press and it'll just start playing the Weird Al version of the song, which would just instantly make things better. That's beautiful. So that's beautiful. Uh, well, welcome to the show. Uh, I am sure hopefully you'll chime in, uh, send us an email, interact with us on the Twitter let me check something. Are you just done with Twitter now too? With the exception of the bestie chat, like a couple times a week. Um, I tweet I'm things right now to see. Let's see. It's probably been a while. Uh, you retweeted something from January 30th. When Nate decided to binge a bunch of DDT wrestling. Uh, and then your okay. last one was January 26th. And then you retweeted me from New Year's Eve and then Christmas Eve. <laughs> Christmas Eve, you were in, you were, you were posting, you had some holiday cards that you were, you were saying, yeah, you know, nobody interacted really. But, so I took my ball and I went the no. fuck home. I made like Steve. Austin. Take, it, take it from me who has 173,000 tweets that with the exception of my favorite person, Glenn, nobody else interacts with. It's, it's not about that. It's about being creative. It's your creative outlet. Although you perhaps have other creative outlets, what with your 17 jobs and all of those sorts of things. So, Spending a lot of time writing uh, 
scientific texts these days. So yeah, you there's that. Throw I some suppose. pop culture references or some jokes in there. Try to keep it light. No, no, I don't do I that. I think you should. I think it would be more popular. Probably would be. Every 20 pages, there's a picture of Leanna Quigley. Oh, I'd love to. I don't think I'd get the copyrights of that, though. True. Uh, so, with the exception of the fact that you are, of course, a busy, busy beaver, what's new? What do you got planned for Valentine's Day coming up? What do you got planned for the big game this Sunday? There's a game we this have Sunday? The, the superest of all bowls. This Sunday. Oh, okay. Well, I won't be watching that because I have no interest. And then Valentine's and Day. I noticed like, I honestly noticed like three years ago, four years ago, even like I lost, I lost all interest in the commercials also like for a while in my mid twenties mm-hmm. or even early twenties, maybe like I was never a football guy, but I could get into the Super Bowl because it was one game a year. Everybody else was into it. You'd have these Super Bowl parties and there were good fun commercials to be had. And that was exciting. But I feel like this last like few years, like the commercials have just been. Well, maybe I just haven't been paying attention to them because I feel like there was a, a span of years there where I was just like, this is all garbage. And maybe it just says more about me. Maybe the commercials are the same as they ever were, and I'm just more anti-consumerism than I was before. I don't know. But I that stopped being a reason for me to tune in. And yeah, now I just have no interest at all in the superest of bowls. How about do you do you notice anything about the commercial? I know you will enjoy a football game from time to time. So you're probably interested we in the game a, itself. We the commercials though. A football game from a couple weeks ago. Um, it was the, oh God, I don't even remember Uh, the bills and another team. I don't remember. Mrs. Manson. How are you? What'd she bring you? I have an empanada homemade empanada. Of course. Yeah. Chorizo. Oh my goodness. I love that you understand. Like you, you had absolutely nothing to do with the making of this food. None. <laughs> we we need to get her a set of headphones that she can put on when she's here. When she comes in. Have you totally yeah. lost your husband completely? Do you just never see him anymore? I see him all the time. Okay. When she delivers my That's dinner. That's what I'm to saying. Does he like does he come home from work and just go upstairs and shut himself in his room and you bring him food and then occasionally he walks in and just lays down on the bed and goes to sleep? Only on pop nights. <laughs> Touche. Touche, Mrs. Manson. Knife. Touche. <laughs> Knife to chest. Slight twist. Wow. Thank you. High five. This is way too hot, so I'm going to let it cool for a little bit before I even try it. Um, All right. Thank you. What were we talking about? Yeah. We we're talking about the Super Bowl. You yeah, watched I watched the game, the game a couple of weeks ago because it happened to be on, and it is good background noise. Uh, we should be able to watch the Super Bowl. On the peacock. So we will probably have it on. Um, I have found the commercials are not as good, I don't think. But I don't know if that's just different tastes now or what. But I also think that if you can go on the next morning or even that day, could they start releasing this commercials earlier and well, earlier? That's the thing is I think the commercials are largely all available like 48 hours before the game now. Yeah. And I'm sure that takes something away from the experience as well. So, yeah, t- 
tis what it is. As for Valentine's Day, I'm looking very forward to Valentine's Day, or at least I'm looking forward to, um, you know, this Friday night leading up to Valentine's Day uh, for Joe Bob Briggs and the. Am I cutting in? Uh, am I cutting into it? your piece of positivity again, like I tend to do? Heartbreak Trailer Park Special, I think is what it's called. Yeah, not really. Maybe a little bit, but I'm looking forward to that this weekend. That should be a good time. I think it's this weekend and not next. Should be this weekend. Um, and I'll be looking forward to that. Maybe give it a tweet or two uh, when it comes up. So, yeah, yeah, looking forward to that for sure. Don't really have any Valentine's Day plans per se. We're not big on going out um, these days anyways. You know, we'll probably make dinner. Maybe we'll do uh, coconut shrimp or something, something nice. And then, um, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll watch some movies because that's all I ever do. That's not true. We're still watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. We're almost through season three now, so just about ready to start up season four when that drops in good. a couple of weeks. Good, good. Yeah, although I don't know. A lot of that, sh- I, I really enjoy the core of that show. I enjoy her. I enjoy the, you know, titular, Rachel Brosnahan uh, or whatever her last name is. Yeah, Mrs. Maisel. I really enjoy her interactions with yeah. Susie, you know, her yep. manager, played by Lois Griffith, whatever her real name is. Um, like that core part of the show, I think, is fabulous. It remains fabulous. Um, I'll be interested to see, I guess, how this season ends. I'm not hopeful. I think I've only got one episode left, and I'm already starting to sour a little bit on the season, and I'm guessing it's only going to take a, war- a turn for the worse. Um, but. Yeah, like the thing I've noticed with season three is the show is called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And, you know, when the show started out, like you were seeing everything basically filtered through her point of view. Not every scene was from her point of view, but like the other characters were serving her story. And now that we've gotten into season three, like a lot of these other characters have come into their own. Right. Her parents have their own story that's being told. Um, her manager has her own story that's being told with this other, um, actor that she's picked up and is managing. Um, you know, the ex-husband has his own story where he's developing a business and so on and so forth. The the, the problem to me is, one, none of these other characters are interesting. Like, if it's not about the Mrs. and Susie, like, and their relationship, I feel like it's a waste of time and a lot more of the show is about that now. And the worst part to me about it all is especially her parents. I love monk. Okay. Tony Shalhoub is great. I love him, but her parents, especially in season three are cartoon characters. Like there is nothing left to them as like serious characters or like grounded in reality characters that they started with. They at this point are literally just comical. Like they're just comic relief. Like I know it's a comedic show. And so that maybe should be expected, but like it just, it doesn't fit. I don't like it. Uh, So, so I don't know too much time spent on things I don't care about. Unfortunately, I found season three the least enjoyable. I'm trying to remember because season two now. Yeah, season two, they go to the Catskills or wherever. That was fine. And then season three, she's joined up with 
a music act, correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. You know, and yeah, honestly, I don't, I'm, I'm going to watch season four. I'm still invested. I like her and Susie's core, the core conceit of the yeah. show, but like, I hope in season four, now that they've had two years off, I hope that they spend a little bit of time looking over their scripts, tightening things up and refocusing the show on the best parts yeah. of it. I can only hope. I think that's going to be the issue is that they tried to spread their wings and, you know, give the other actor something. I don't know if they wanted to make sure they stick around or, you know, I'm thinking particularly of the ex-husband um, who I'm sh- He could leave. Like, unless they're going to pull the tr- Honestly, I like him well enough. And it clearly to me, I think the story that they're telling, one that I'm sure your wife hates, um, is that they are destined to be together. Um, it seems to me that her and her ex-husband actually are destined to end up together. Hence why she has chosen to call herself Mrs. Maisel. Still, she is in fact, Mrs. Maisel in her core and that will they, won't they back and forth thing is fine. But some of the things that happened in season three were eye rollingly bad. If that's where they're going with this, isn't there another it's been a long time since we watched, but isn't there another woman? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I I don't know. Uh I will say I didn't like the way it ended. I understand why it ended the way it did, but it didn't fill me with excited feelings about what we're gonna get in my, season four. My problem is again, there's only one episode left, but like I know at this point that Susie has blown all of their money gambling. Like I know that that's what's been happening in the background. Um, And the other thing is you, Mrs. Maisel, like I, I, she always makes the absolute worst decisions with any information that she's given, like with her husband going to the gaslight and just like, you know, putting people in her personal life on blast came back to bite her in the ass, right? Getting arrested came back to bite her in mm-hmm. the ass. Um, in in what was the other thing? Uh, the thing with 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 Sophie Lennon, the other comedian in season yeah. two, where she found out some things behind the scenes, and then she impromptu goes in front of the gaslight, gives a set, which ends up being a huge problem for her. like very clearly whatever's going on with Shy, she's privy to information now that she shouldn't have. Like, I see where this story is going. She's going to fuck it up because that's what she always does. Thank you for the nodding. I could just tell, you know what I mean? And it's like, how dumb is this character? This character I'm supposed to like, and I ostensibly like a lot. Otherwise, I wouldn't be watching the show. But she just keeps making the absolute worst decisions. And I understand maybe there wouldn't be a show if that didn't happen. But really, you should just have better writing. That's what it comes down to. Anyways, it's really weird because I am enjoying the show. I think it speaks a lot to the performances and to the character work, particularly of those two characters that I am overall enjoying the show, despite having all these complaints. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know me, the more I complain, the more I love. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, without spoiling it too much. Yes. (laughs) And that's it. Like, you're like, okay, season four. She does it every season. Every well, season. that's it. It's like, if that's the formula, then why watch? 
just watch right. the like first episode and be like, all right, how'd she screw up this last season? So, yeah, I don't know if she's destined to be together. I want more with Lenny Bruce. I understand there's it's difficult to do that with an actual character who has actual history, but that's my favorite part of the show is watching the two of yeah. them. How's the um, how's the really empanada? How's the empanada? Oh, he's he dropped Good. something. He's so oh. neat. The other night we were sitting on the couch, we were watching the show, and Mrs. Uh, Manson turned to me and said, oh, "Man, what did she say? I forget exactly what she said, but basically it was like, um, oh, Lenny Bruce, you know, I think he died young, and I was like, who, Lenny Bruce?' And she was like. You've, you know he's a real person, right? And I, I just dead, I just dead eyed her and was like, no. And she was like, what? How do you not know? And yeah, I was fucking yeah, with her. I was gonna say I fucked with her hard. <laughs> I was gonna say I didn't expect you to be a huge, you know, Lenny Bruce fan, but I would imagine you would have some. No, I'm well aware that he's usually like on the you know top five, top ten, all time best yeah. comedians. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, it is interesting, though, because that, like, I don't remember what time frame we're in. Do you remember, like, the t- like what year it's supposed to be? 61, 62, okay. somewhere in there. So he's got, like, less than two hands worth of lives left, or years. He's got, like, yeah. five years. Yeah, so, he dies yeah. in 66. So are they going to get to that? Are they not? Are they going to skip ahead? Or, you know, I would prefer they actually did that a little bit and skipped ahead and how you know rather than it being oh she screws up i actually wonder if they're going to with this new season because they did take a full two years off part of that was covid complications obviously but like you know there's a lot of um time defining things on the show like she's got two very young kids those actors are gonna have aged you know exponentially in those two years physically i mean so like it's unless they're going to recast those roles, it's going to be a little strange if they don't just jump some time, yeah. I think. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Uh, I am currently five episodes into the book of Boba Fett. Uh, we were decided to watch that Sunday. We were just kind of chilling and I was given the remote my wife sometimes just prefer, likes background music or background noise on. So she was like, you can watch whatever you want. And at that point, I was like, I don't need to watch any more wrestling. I feel like I've done that enough. So I was like, all right, I should probably check this out. I figured I'd watch one episode. Well, one became five over the course of the afternoon. Uh, did you watch Mandalorian? Season one, okay. I did. Any interest in season two? Or were you like, okay, I'm good? I think I'm good. Uh, uh, it's not bad. Um, you know, it is. Are you talking about Mandalorian season two or Boba, Boba Fett? Fett? Okay. Boba Fett. Mandalorian season two was also fine. Uh, Boba Fett is not bad. It is slow. There is not a lot happening in these episodes. Um, at least the first four, because spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. Uh, episode five is just a Mandalorian episode. Boba Fett's not in awesome. Boba Fett's not in the show at all. And I'm I personally actually am kind of okay with these shows. If you're gonna have a universe and have all these shows, I'm totally fine with you being like, here's this. I would love, you know, a season 
I do think it's really weird that they decided to make a show about the Mandalorian. And then like the next show they made is essentially the most famous Mandalorian, even though he's not yeah. a Mandalorian. I understand that. What? But like, you know what I mean? I thought that was a weird choice. Sure. And I'm sure if I watched them, there's a story reason or something. Well, and but... I, I think part of it is the reason why the show is slow, because if you want a guy in a helmet doing action stuff now, you want the Mandalorian. Boba Fett spends most of the time without his helmet off. And I like that actor. But it's very interesting to be like, we never saw you without your helmet off in the first three movies. And, you know, now it's on for about maybe five minutes an episode. And but yeah. I like him. I like the actress who plays the uh, other, you know, here his kind of, you know, second in command. It's been entertaining. I will watch the other two uh, episodes that the last one dropped today. But I, you know, and again. I don't mind that they're all sort of crossing places and setting up different things for different characters. But if you're if you're interested, because I'm not a huge Star Wars fan by any stretch of the imagination. I was going to say, I don't think you're I think on the show before you've said you don't really have an interest in Star Wars. I I don't mind it. I've seen all nine movies. I didn't see Solo, but I saw Rogue One. It's one of those. Like, I will certainly go and, you know, I will partake. I will watch these. It's free. I've got Disney Plus. So I will happily devote, you know, four to five hours to watch these things. But I'm not a super fan. Um, You know, I enjoy some of the storytelling. I enjoy the different characters. Being like a superhero fan, you enjoy seeing the different representations of uh, the aliens and such. But... I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting. Sometime, I think by the end of the month, Picard season two. That I will be interested in, even though they're doing a time travel movie so they can be they're doing a time travel story that will, so that way they don't have to do as much space stuff, which to me, I'm like, well, what the hell's the point? But still going to watch. it. So, OK, that's what's going on. I had a whole thing because today's National Pizza Day. I had a whole thing about that, but I feel like, you know, I always worried we're never going to have enough to talk about. And then we just wind up having too much to talk about. You know what I want to talk I about? I want to know. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about wrestling. Are you, are, you, are you interested in who's behind the forbidden door? Sort of. Um, so I now have a way of more easily locating television episodes of things. Something I've been working on in the background. A legal way? And what's that? A legal way? I don't want to go uh, putting names on things, DC. Um, but let's just say that I can now go to a single place and watch AEW when I feel like it. Um, so uh, is this show going to end? Cause you've been thrown in jail for having no, a no, peg leg and an eye patch. No, 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 no. I, 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 I might sail the seas DC, but I don't know what this eye patch and peg leg and parrot talk is that you're talking about. I, I just like sailing on the seas. Don't doesn't every man enjoy the open sea. 
Isn't that your your first mistress? The sea isn't that what they say? Those old sailmen. Uh, yeah, I, for the old sailmen. Yes, I don't think anyone's. I ain't gonna say the old seamen. I don't think anyone has told me that my first mistress was the sea, but uh, that's but a thing I, people It is say. something that people have said. Yes, I've read about it in books. All right, so this old man and you know got with the sea, and we. I've been watching a little bit of the AEW. I've, I haven't seen last week's episode, but I saw the one the week before okay. that. Um, I figured I'd give myself a little bit of a lead into tonight, although who knows when I'll get to tonight. Um, you know, I am interested. And I, that's what I, I do want to talk about. Um, Tony Khan's huge announcement, because that's how they're, you know, portraying it in the media. The huge announcement. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter. I might not tweet, but I see people tweeting. I've seen people talking about how this huge announcement is going to be disappointing. They don't know who it is, of course, but they know it's going to be disappointing, right? And on the one hand, you know, I think that mindset is perfectly rational. I, for a long time on this show, uh, DC, have said there are no great returns left in wrestling. And furthermore, I don't think there are any wrestlers that can really move the needle for a company. You're not going to sign someone. It's not going to be CM Punk. It's not going to be Steve Austin. It's not going to be the Rock. There's nobody to sign that's going to move the needle. And tomorrow and forevermore, you are going to be known as the greatest wrestling company of all time. If that's what you're hoping for, for this announcement from Tony Khan, and, and, and you're complaining because that won't happen, I can't tell you you're wrong, right? I mean, that's absolutely a valid way to look at this. And, and frankly, who could it be that would fulfill the idea of it being a huge announcement? You say huge announcement, and people want it to be something industry-shaking, right? They want it to be Shane McMahon after all the stories last week. They want it to be Triple H after what happened with NXT 1.0, right? But, like, what's what's more, what's more feasible? That or it's a play on words and it's going to be Keith Lee because he's a large man. You know what I mean? Like, I, I won't be disappointed if it's Keith Lee, but a lot of people out there will be. And I just... I just don't think, well, while I don't think those people are wrong, I do think they're thinking about it wrong, right? Like, I agree that in and of itself, making a big deal out about of signing somebody and it turning out to be Keith Lee is not great. Even if it does turn out to be Shane McMahon, like, that makes for an exciting moment. But again, it's not going to change the needle on anything long term. It's just not, okay? Um, but. The thing I wanted to bring up, the thing I want to discuss with UDC, this has been a long preamble to get to it, but I think we're, as fans, we're wrong to think about it that way in a way that's only going to lead to disappointment. I think instead, the way that this should be thought about is that AEW has done a great job of making you feel like you don't know what's going to happen on their show. They've built mystery and intrigue and excitement. I want to tune in. I haven't watched wrestling outside of a, of a pay-per-view in, in, in six months, mm -hmm. right? 
I want to tune in. I want to see what's going on. I don't care who it is. And that's interesting to me because for a long, long time, we've said on this show, there's no point in watching Raw. There's no point in watching SmackDown. If you just watch the weekly, I'm sorry, the monthly premiere live events, you're good, right? That's all you have to watch, right? But so is it wrong that they are trying to build mystery intrigue into their day into their weekly shows something to make people want to tune in now don't get me wrong i could i could easily say having a huge announcement about a signing is maybe going back to the well one too many times maybe that's getting a little long the tooth maybe they need to start figuring out other ways to build that kind of excitement i don't think you know they're necessarily perfect mm-hmm. here but i think there's something to it it, people are talking about sure. it. I, I think, again, I've said this before on this show, I don't think they do everything right, but that company is doing a lot right. Mm-hmm. A lot of it they're doing right. I don't know. What do you think about all that? I, I, I'll stop laughing. There's a lot to, to take in on what you said, and I do agree with the core comment which is that AEW does know in some ways um, how to get people talking. The problem that we have discovered over the last months and years uh, since doing this show is when you make a huge announcement and then you give us a week to think about it, we will come up with every possible name. It's Shane, it's Keith, it's Bray, it's Okada, it's, you know, it's Cody Rhodes because he's technically a free agent. So it's a whole big swerve to just get Cody Rhodes back in there. It's Triple H. It's, you know, uh, it's going to be, you know, Mickey James will show up and all of that sort of thing. And then what happens is you do tune in and you do sit down and you want to watch. I want to know. I don't know if I'll be watching. But if I happen to be awake, I'll at least have Twitter on so I can see from their response uh, who it's going to be. But the pro, you know, maybe it's Ali. Maybe it's Ali and he's Tony Khan has assured him we'll take care of all the lawyer stuff. If you get sued for breaching your contract, you'll be fine. Come on over. Whatever. Uh, But the problem is when that guy or girl walks through the curtain and shows up. If it's not exactly who you all hope it is. So hypothetical, you're sitting down, you're watching AW tonight. Let's say you watch it live. Can you watch it live or can you just watch the archive on this, um, on these international waters websites that you, you archive. Okay. Archive. So let's say you watch it tomorrow. Um, well, so, okay, well, here's the thing. <clears throat> Cause we've dealt with this in the bestie chat in terms of, um, you know, Mitchell and things, watching things live. If you know who it is, if you find out who it is before you actually watch, are you still going to watch? Depends on who it is. So let's imagine, hypothetically. In fairness, this time I think I will watch regardless of who it is because being able to watch weekly AEW is new and shiny sure. to me right so, now. So I will probably watch it regardless. I'm assuming of this is much weeks. easier than the TNT Why? app. I think TBS so. app are there commercials? Well, yes and no. 
No, but yes, because the thing that AEW does is they do a lot of picture-in-picture commercial Mm -hmm. breaks, and they don't cut those out. Okay. So all the audio goes over to the commercial, and obviously a large portion of the screen is a commercial, but there's the picture-in-picture so you can still watch Which is smart. WWE did it for a little bit and then stopped, and I think they should have kept going. Um, Uh, I will say, after having watched one whole episode of AEW that way, because I remember watching AEW that way a long time ago and thinking it was cool. After having watched it this way, now, I just fast forward the picture and sure. picture parts because nothing of interest happens during them. The one thing I did think that was interesting is at one point somebody came out to give a promo during the commercial break and they just came out with cue cards and <laughs> that's flipped great. from card to so card. That's the th- that was clever. That's the thing that AEW, I think, has going for it that I wish they leaned into more. Um, you know, and we talked a week or two ago about Danhausen, and it's that sort of thing. Like, oh, speaking of which, that first episode I watched yeah. included the debut of Danhausen, so I have thoughts. Okay, but go ahead. Um, so yeah, so hypothetically, you sit down and you're watching, and you find out, and because it's new and shiny for you, and I love that you're watching wrestling again. I don't care what it is. Um, I hope you keep watching, but I think for a lot of people, if they watch. And Karrion Cross comes out. And I don't think it's going to be Karrion Cross. Even Tony Khan knows that's not a big enough name. A lot of people are going to be like, oh. oh. Question. Is Keith Lee a big enough name? <sighs> Only in the sense that everyone thought he was going to be a huge deal in WWE. Keith Lee came out at the Rumble and had a face-to-face with Brock Lesnar. Karrion Cross did not. <laughs> No. So, you know, I think a lot of people will wind up being disappointed. My hope is you have a huge amount of money. You seemingly do not care how big your roster gets. And you actually have some contracts that are expiring. Sonny Kiss, uh, Brian Cage, names like that. Some of your original guys and gals, our contracts are expiring and you don't seem to be renewing them. Don't have this be one person. I want four or five people showing up from different parts of the arena. Keith Lee, Killer Cross, not Shane McMahon. But what if that's what it was? That would be a huge announcement. That would be that's cool. your huge news. Your huge news is not that you hired one person and maybe they're a stable. Maybe they're a group of guys who are allied or maybe they're not. But that's the huge news is it's not that. Danhausen is all elite. It's not that this one person is all elite. You signed four big names, maybe not all WWE guys, but you signed four names from the list. And that's the exciting news. If Tony Khan does that, that is worthy of calling it huge news. The, the issue I have is that Tony Khan, in my opinion, seems too much of a fan of his own stuff. You know, he has a little Who cares. He keeps. Why does that annoy you? It annoys me because he takes to Twitter and talks about it and winds up shooting himself in the foot. Because if this huge news mm. isn't actually huge, Vince McMahon. I wonder if that's part of why I don't care is because I don't follow him on Twitter. That could be. Sorry, I hit the microphone there. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you follow him. But no, I also have you know systematically reduced, yeah, drastically the number yeah. of wrestling people you I know, follow. He, when I go on my Twitter now, it's mostly horror movie stuff, yeah. which is. 
Thank God. Yeah. You, there's just a lot of stuff happening there that he posts about that you're just like, look, I get that you're a fan of this. And we want to believe that we want a fan running stuff. Hunter was a fan. We liked when he ran NXT. Um, but we don't need you to talk about it all the time. Like <laughs> Vince McMahon, for all his faults, and they are many, does not know how to use Twitter. And I think that's probably for the best. So, again, I hope it's great. I would love it if it's three or four guys, and that's the mm. announcement. And, you know, they've just suddenly, you know, somebody suggested maybe it's Lana, and she brings back Miro, who hasn't wrestled in a while. Awesome. Do that. That's a cool way of using some of the talent you have, but putting a fresh coat of paint on it. And now he's got Lana back, and maybe now he does some, like, he challenges for a world title or whatever it is. Um, but if it's going to be huge, it can't just be one name, in my opinion. What did you think of Dan Housen? Is unless you have more thoughts on this topic, we can. Um, I gotta say, Dan Housen in his debut was extremely underwhelming. Okay. I, but that's because he didn't do anything. He literally was under the ring, holding onto a chair, oh, got yeah, pulled yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, that part, yeah. Made a pose yeah. and walked no. away. No, you have. That was oh, it. Okay, I thought he actually had wrestled or something. You got to see. So, you know, that's I want to talk about that for a second, though, because. I just got finished praising AEW and, you know, creating mystery and intrigue and all that. And now I'm not sure whether to praise them or not. And 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 that hinges on Danhausen. So Danhausen is, to me, an unknown quantity in many ways. I know of him from the Internet's. I know that he is this meme thing, and a lot of people seem to like him. And I know that you have that explained you to me. Yeah, meme It's a meme, but it's a meme thing because I'm putting a Y on the end of it. It's a Got meme. It. But You're not pronouncing the word, M-E-M-E, as meme You're putting me no. hyphen. Got it. Okay. Yes. I thought yes. you were going meme and I was no, like, that's no. amazing. All right, continue. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know, so... I'm aware of who he is, but for them to introduce him on their show that way, I don't really know who he is. There's probably people out there who know about him even less than I do. What kind of debut is that for somebody? So on the one hand, I want to say AEW, what the fuck? Like that's how, like you're going to have this huge announcement this week. But meanwhile, a couple weeks back, you had a debut of this indie darling dude who your announcers said his name and that's all that we know about him coming out of it. Like, I feel like that's bad, but on the other hand, and this is where I'm not sure whether to, to, to compliment them or not. Is my brain just stuck in WWE mode? Am I stuck in the mode of, I need this company to tell me who this person is and why they're a big deal. Meanwhile, AEW is over here going, Hey, if you know, you know. And if you don't know, you're going to find out. Give it time. I, and maybe that's a good thing. I feel like if one of the announcers had said that very line, it's Danhausen. Danhausen. If you know, you know, because that was it. It was it was clearly a shout out to the Twitter, you know, to the the hardcore fans who know who Danhausen is. And I appreciate that AEW caters to them too. 
Because yeah. WWE no, that's doesn't the thing. Like, I didn't like it. Yeah. WWE doesn't give like a it. damn about their hardcore fans. Right. Like, I didn't like it when it first happened. But the more I thought about it, I was just like, okay, maybe this. And again, this you, it's very easy. Anybody's listening to this could just say, Doc, you're just making excuses for AEW. You think they can do no wrong. You took a wrong and you made it into a positive. You took a negative and made it into a positive. But like, I don't know. Like, there is something about them saying, hey, you know who this guy is. And if you want to know, you can find out online. We're not going to try to rewrite this guy's history. Yeah. We're not out here to explain to you who he is. That's out there. You want to consume it? You can. He's here now. Go with that. In a lot of ways, you know, I think we've wished for that in the WWE many times. I mean, certainly when we're talking about the change from NXT to the main roster, we've made that mm -hmm. argument many times. But I mean, it's the more analogous situation is probably an independent person coming to NXT yeah. or the main roster directly. But even still... Uh, so I I don't know, man. I I've definitely made that argument before. So why shouldn't it yeah. apply here? And I think it works for Danhausen because we know he's not gonna like he's not wrestling Brian Danielson to headline a pay per view. Like this is this is a mid card. This guy's I'd watch I, it. <laughs> I'm glad this guy's going to peak somewhere. You know, mid card, maybe have a couple moments. He's a comedy act for the most part. Like he'd be, I, I still want Darkhausen. Um, you know, so it works in that sense. It, it's, you know, it is. It, it's one of those things. They should be, they should have been linking their social medias to Danhausen clips. Like he should have taken over their like YouTube channel and posted a bunch of stuff. Because if they're going to be involved in social media and YouTube and all of that, like you could do it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. The other thing that is interesting about AEW, from what I can tell, is that you don't necessarily get every person every time. No. The roster's too big. Which I actually think is interesting. When I first started watching around when CM Punk was debuting, like Eddie Kingston was around all the time. And like I haven't seen him. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing. I think he's injured. Yeah. And like, don't, don't get me wrong. Like John Moxley uh, had some issues to deal with, but he was off their product for quite a span there as well. Sure. Um, I, I, it does seem like, yes, they've got too big of a roster to feature them all every week, but it also seems like they're not trying to, no. it, it seems like they're rotating through people again in a way that really sounds an awful lot like we, what we wish the yeah. WWE would do for years. Well, and I'm, I would guess that most of their roster is featured in one of their shows, but you have, two to three hours of dark, maybe an hour or two of elevation, then dynamite, then rampage. Like, yeah, I will say I also only set this thing up um, to get me dynamite. I thought about doing dynamite and rampage, but I was like, there's no way I'm going to watch that much wrestling a week. I'm just going to start with dynamite and we'll see where it goes. So tell us about this thing. What is a special thing? Sonar. Oh, you, you have bats. <laughs> Yeah. Got it. All right. Um, let's see. Does WWE have anything to talk about? There's a pay-per-view coming up, but not this weekend. The following weekend, Elimination Chamber. I believe you mean 
a premiere live That's event. There's a premiere live event coming to you live from Saudi Arabia. It will be the Elimination Chamber. Um, uh, Dolph Ziggler showed up in NXT, which I think is exciting, but most people probably do not. Is AJ Styles also now in NXT? No, he showed up for like two weeks. I think this is going to be something that they do. I don't know if Dolph Ziggler is going to be a permanent resident of Tuesdays. I'm assuming like you go down, you have a quick program, maybe you wrestle in a couple of matches, and then that's it. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a Braun Breaker versus Santos Escobar versus Tommaso Ciampa versus Dolph Ziggler Fatal 4-Way at maybe the WrestleMania NXT PLE, but I don't think he's going to be there for months on end. I think it's just they're bringing some veteran guys down to work with the new guys, which is a very smart idea. It's what you do. So... Not a lot happening that I can think of in the world of WWE, uh, which means uh, we we should turn our attention uh, to the emails, unless you'd like to briefly just describe your perfect pizza, since it is pizza day. I was going to work on a tournament and then decided not to. So uh, probably just a pepperoni pizza, thin crust, cracker crust or thin crust like New York style. Yeah. Okay. Because there's apparently a style called St. Louis style, which literally is like a flat, like thin, wafer thin cracker with the toppings on it and no mm. discernible exterior crust. Oh, well, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought too. All right. Pepperoni. I also really enjoy like uh, a Pepe style pizza with his, you know, like uh, big chunks of tomato mm -hmm. in the sauce. Um, with Parmesan cheese on top. Like their traditional tomato pie doesn't even have mozzarella on it. Interesting. Um, so like getting a tomato pie, so that's with the Parmesan and with like maybe minced, fresh minced garlic on it is also a good time as far as I'm concerned. How about yourself? Um, I have not had pepperoni pizza in a very long time. Uh, so that would be my I mean, normal go-to. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, like I love that specialty cheeseburg pizza, oh, sure. and that deserves an honorable mention. But like, I pizza? don't really consider that pizza. No. It is pizza, yeah, but but that's not the answer to that's this. Like, question. there's a good, there's a a gas station pizza place um, near where you work. That's yeah, I think I know the that place. Has both a General Tso's chicken pizza and a macaroni and cheese pizza. It's funny because everybody talks about that place being good. And um, we ordered uh, pickup one night on the way home. Yep. And we, it was just, we just got a pepperoni pizza. Yep. It was bad. Hmm. It was like one of the worst pizzas I've ever had. We've never gone back. But like, I just feel like it must have just been an off night because everybody talks about it being pretty we good. We used to get it because, fun fact, you and I work 10 minutes from each other. <laughs> um Meanwhile, I have no idea where it is. You That's work, okay. But I'll take your word for That's it. That's okay. Uh, Isn't that funny? I really don't know where you work. Like, I think I could tell you what town you sure. work in, but I don't know where that is. I've never seen it. Well, if you're at the gas station pizza, um, there is the the road that le one of the roads that leads to my school is right off of there. So. Anyway, huh. doesn't really matter. You're yeah. not missing. Yeah, you're not missing much in terms of the town itself. Um, 
but uh yeah they have a macaroni and cheese pizza that is good our our uh boss used to get us pizza for like teacher appreciation week or some such um macaroni cheese so it's it's pizza so pizza crust carbs on carbs on carbs pizza crust delicious i don't even believe there's a tomato sauce i think it's just pizza crust maybe some olive oil and a bunch of mac and cheese on top it's real what if you made a pizza like you know they they do they make mexican pizzas taco pizzas or whatever um what if you just got like nacho cheese and put that down as the sauce yes I mean, really, you could stop there, right? I don't need anything else. Just nacho cheese on pizza crust? I'd eat it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think you put some ground beef on, like you make like... I mean, ideally, yes, but... Yeah. Uh, I just looked up, and apparently it exists, because, oh, uh, a calzone that has macaroni, che- macaroni and cheese and barbecue pulled pork inside of it yeah somehow i knew that's where that was going (laughs) that sounds all right all right well yeah uh so hopefully you enjoyed your your pizza day it's also national bagel and lox day i don't know why they can't have their own holidays um but uh do you think they put lox on pizza i sure hope Smoked salmon pizza someone does somewhere but well okay so i understand pizza crust and a bagel are not the same thing but if you took a really good chewy pizza crust layer of cream cheese, a couple slices of smoked salmon on top. I am opposed to the lox portion of oh, this okay. conversation, okay. so it, it doesn't... Does your wife eat You're not going to get anywhere with me. I don't think she particularly enjoys okay. it, no. Fair enough. Yeah. What if... Despite the stereotype. What if you, t- <laughs> what if you took... Uh, can you make pho onto pizza? Like if you, uh, we're gonna try. You, like added gelatin to the broth, <laughs> smeared that Gross. on. Gross. <laughs> Podcast at ddtwrestling.com is where you can contact us. We have five delightful emails to share with you this evening. The first comes from Jeffrey, who does not have Twitter, but who does have Instagram. Hey, DC and Doc, just got done listening to the latest episode. You guys brought up Tony Shalhoub toward the end of the show. I have a funny story about him. I work for the TSA on Martha's Vineyard, and I was giving passengers instructions on what to take out of their bags, take their shoes off, etc. I look up, and Tony Shalhoub is in front of me. I was so excited as I grew up watching the show Wings. He seemed to know what he was doing, so I just said hello, and it was nice to meet him. And there was a girl behind him, and so I said to the girl, all excited, Hey, do you know who that is? And I motioned toward him as he was walking away. I was all excited to tell her, and she goes, Uh, yeah, my dad. I felt so stupid. Anyway, this part may not be for the air. This part may not be for on air. But are we supposed to know where you guys live? Is it a secret about location and where you guys work? I have a hunch that it's somewhere a little west of central Massachusetts. Just wondering if it's never been mentioned or question mark. That's all. Oh, will you guys watch Super Bowl? And if so, who you got? Are you in any pools? 
I have Cincinnati winning. Very close game. Keep up the great work. Jeffrey from Massachusetts, who doesn't have Twitter, but now has the Instagram sent from my iPhone. So the first thing, I was surprised you didn't have me read that one. It was a long one. The first thing. I almost did. Is Jeffrey. Honey. Uh, Booby, darling. Now, granted, You've probably we do met not, DC Matthews. We do, not, we do not fly into Martha's Vineyard, um, and I don't believe <laughs> oh, I okay. don't believe the TSA works for the ferry department. Uh, but you know, I've mentioned Martha's Vineyard many times on these shows, um, so I will have to reach out to you the next time we go there um, just to get some ideas. Or maybe you can hook us up with free plane tickets, and we will fly, and we'll be in will, <laughs> Yeah, something tells me that's I'm not in the cards. I'm going to wear so much white linen if we go. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Love right. it. Um, do is <clears throat> the specifics are a secret, uh, but I believe it is common knowledge that we live in the nut Where we live. We live in the nutmeg state. Um, I think when we were when the big snowstorm hit recently, we were sharing on the bestie chat the projected snow totals and being like, we're in this band. We're in this sort of little swoop. Uh, but yeah, I, I suppose we are technically west of central Massachusetts. Probably it extends pretty far. I wouldn't say we're due west. No, though. no. But <laughs> if you drew a line down central Massachusetts, splitting it. For the west side and the east side, we would be on the west side. Um, but yeah, we don't share ex- explicit details. Uh, we both work for public institutions, and we don't need that information shared. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I'm sure if anybody thought about it hard enough, they'd figure it all out. But um, Doc works clearly for Yale University. He's an Ivy League clearly Ivy yes. League person. I work uh, down on the Gold Coast teaching. You know, famous people's kids. Um, yeah, if you want to know all the personal details of where GQ lives. Oh, we'd be happy to share You just those. let me know. I'll give you his address. I'll, you know, send all that information. Um, I will probably watch the Super Bowl, whether or not I make it till the end, because it's still on a Sunday, which is stupid. Uh, it is the Bengals and the Rams, I believe. And I will say the Bengals because I believe it is a better story if they win because it's been a while since they have won. So I will say the Ram, the Bengals are winning. But no, I'm not in any pools because I don't care that much. I think Budweiser will have the best commercial. That's my that's my pool pick. Bring back the frogs. Bud wise wise. All right. Weekly topics. Next email from Nate. 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 Good evening, fellas. I just wanted to say quick that your podcast is my favorite going and my favorite wrestling podcast ever. You're a perfect duo and so fun to listen to week in and week out. I hope you're both doing well since the big snowstorm that hit you guys. I got a few questions this week. Wow, that is some flattery right there. That is huge praise. That is that is the best praise. We love you, Nate. Uh, I did reach out to him and be like, do you want do you want to be in the bestie chat? And he's like, I am. I just never say anything. <laughs> and I went, oh, well, okay. But well, he, I, have no, I have noticed he is more talkative now, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, <laughs> Doc, I looked at your letterbox list of favorite horror movies by year, and I'm curious what you loved about Midsummer. I just couldn't get into it. 
Ah, uh, uh, I'll hold on to that for a second. DC, was there anything you wanted to do before deciding on teaching? I have so much respect for all teachers. Interesting one for you both. What helps you stay positive day to day? Your bestie, Nate. How do you want to start? Um, I will say Midsummer. I thought was a really good film. I understand it's not everybody's cup of tea, but one of my favorite types of films are slow burns uh, movies that are slow paced, which take a while to get where they're going. Uh, I, I liked the fact that there was a psychological aspect to the film. I liked the fact that it took a while to get into the story, but there was this foreboding atmosphere that was constantly sort of growing and there's this one scene i don't know if you made it to it um where they're all sort of gathered around a cliff let's say and when the shit sort of hits the fan there and you know they're into it ah man from that point on i was just super hooked like and i I i like folk horror quite a bit as well as a genre generally which i think midsummer falls into uh things like the wicker man you know things like that so um i enjoyed that a lot and the thing that i love about it is it's pretty ambiguous like, I think there's a really good argument to be made that, you know, nobody gets the fate that they deserve and like nothing about what happens to any of those characters is fair. And I like that. Like, I, I, I and the other thing I like about it is it's and this is going to sound really weird, too. It's a horror movie that ho- that takes place almost entirely in the daylight. Like, it's just this really bright, beautifully shot cinema. There's great cinematography, beautiful film. And again, you don't normally see that in a movie that's about atmosphere. Normally, they try to imprint that stuff onto you with this dark, you know, misty nights and and bad weather and stuff. But like that movie was not afraid to just shine a light on everything horrific that was happening, literally. Um, And yeah, I just I found it real engaging Real interesting. Uh, I, I liked it a lot. So I do understand, though, polarizing film. Not a lot of people love it. Uh, similarly, I think maybe uh, around that same time, that I think it was 2018 or could have been 2016, the remake of Suspiria, I enjoy a lot, too. If you, I don't know that you would like that film if you're not a fan of Midsummer. I would, I would ask you, though, did you see Hereditary? And what did you think of Hereditary? I asked since it's the same filmmaker um, that made Midsummer. Anyways, Nate, there's my thoughts. I don't know if that helps at all. Explain my position. Uh, I can't say I know what's good for everyone, but I know what I like. And Midsummer, I did enjoy. Uh, uh, DC, anything else you wanted to do before uh, teaching? Um, well, interesting. I've been thinking about it while you were talking because I, I didn't know what you were talking about. Um, yeah, because you didn't have to listen to I me. Should have gone to the bathroom. I, I really need to. I need when, if and when we ever buy a house, I have to hire someone to put in our podcasting to put in a podcasting studio uh, a urinal just off to the side clearly away from the camera so i could just be like right back and just like walk over or maybe you know like one of the troughs just sort of like i mean i was going to suggest a catheter uh and that that, you know, that that always creeps me out but <laughs> a diaper maybe i'd right. be more into All a right. diaper Ah, okay. Um, the truth comes out. I have wanted to be a teacher since my junior year or junior or senior year of high school. Uh, the type of teacher 
uh, has changed. Uh, I went into college fully intending on being a foreign language teacher, um, teaching French and Spanish. Uh, that ended after the first semester when I realized I didn't actually like the languages. I just enjoyed the teacher I had in high school. Uh, then I was like, I'm going to teach high school history. And it was my mom, of all people, who pointed out, you know, you work at the summer camp and you work with like five and six year old kids and you seem to really enjoy that. And also you're a man. So you're going to have a much easier time getting a job if you're working with little kids as a guy, because there's many, much fewer of you than uh, secondary social studies teachers. Uh, and as I say this, I believe our mutual associate, Eric, the arsonist, nods knowingly. Because I believe he no was, doubt. I believe he was a secondary social studies um, major, and it's a it's a whole different world out there. Um, but before that, uh, there was a time I wanted to go to school for broadcast journalism so I could be either Gorilla Monsoon or Bobby Heenan. I would have gone to school for that just to work in the WWE. I would have wound up being, you know, Tom Phillips or insert name here of whatever other guys they have who are act like coachmen. Um, but yeah, I, I had looked into going to Syracuse for that until the champ, my dad explained to me that one year of Syracuse out of state tuition would be about three to four years of going to a state school at in-school tuition. Um, I had that realization. I took a, a trip for the weekend out to, uh, George Washington University, where I got accepted into their chemistry program. Mm -hmm. And I remember going out there and falling in love with it and loving being in the city and all the freedom that came with it. I really, you know, it's good school, the great on all the lists. I'd love to have gone. I remember, though, you know, I was aware of how expensive it was. And I remember going to the financial aid office to talk with the people about the awards. And like I had gotten a scholarship there, but it was for a paltry amount. Yeah. And they, you know, after going over the numbers, the books and all that, like they looked, they said to me, honestly, you're already over rewarded. Like, and I was just like, well, there's no way I'm coming here then. Cause exactly what you just said, like one year there, even with the scholarship was three or four times more than a single year's uh, tuition sure. uh, at the state school. It was just yeah. not worth it. It was fucking and, ridiculous. And then when I got a scholarship to come to the state school, that was pretty good. I was like, well, then, yeah, there's no reason to go anywhere else. I only wanted to apply to the state school. Uh, I was forced against my will to apply to a second place just in case something happened. And I was oddly enough. I did not receive a scholarship from the state school. Interesting. Yeah. Oddly enough. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah. Because I was a cocky bastard of a high schooler i looked at my parents and i was like you really think there's going to be a problem and they were like you don't know there could be some clerical error and i was just like huh, okay fine i'll apply to the university of massachusetts if you insist fine <laughs> but yeah fair enough um all right so thank you to nate oh how do we stay positive day to day um my dog helps a lot that's a good call yeah the marvelous Mrs. Maisel's been helping recently, yep. despite how much hate I also throw at it. I think the the issue is for you to break down, for you to have thought about it that much and care that much to be negative. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like there's plenty of stuff I'm sure you've watched that you're like, eh, it was fine. And that's all you want to say about it. So 
Yeah, I did start watching um, All of Us Are Dead on Netflix over last weekend as well. Che asked me about that in the Bestie chat. Mm-hmm. I only got about five episodes in. I I both really enjoyed it and hated it, and I don't know if I'm going to watch any more, but neither here nor there, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I am going to uh, hold off on answering your question, Nate, until I get to my piece of positivity. It'll right. be it'll be looped looped in there, lumped in there. Uh, Brent, all right, keep your secrets. Subject line is subject line. Hello again, friends. I don't really have a question this week. It's more of a request. A few weeks ago, DC and I talked about the nation of domination, and DC recited some of the old NOD rap lyricals. And I feel the fans of the DDT Wrestling podcast need to hear DC recite some of that song on the airwaves for us all to hear. Thanks for humoring me, and have a great day. You hear a monkey? Dance! Dance, monkey, dance! We are the nation, live and in color. Don't diss the man, or we'll bum rush your mother. Listen, what I'm saying is for real, not playing. Farouk is the man, so you need to start praying. There you go. I loved it. I could keep going, but I, I loved it. <laughs> I was transfixed. Yeah. Oh, that was beautiful. Some that's some high quality beatboxing you got there. Loved uh, it. but yeah, no, that that is one of those things. You want to talk about a song that takes you back in time. He mentioned something about that group, and I was like, I can tell you the name of the duo that was rapping, <laughs> each each of their individual names. One of them's the son of a famous wrestler, so I know that. <laughs> and I know most of the lyrics. Uh, thank you, Brent. Glenn chimes in with getting old. Sent from my addled brain. Hi, guys. This is not the email I intended on sending, but getting old and forgetful means the great topic I was going to set. You will have to wait till I can remember what it is. So this is just to thank DC... <laughs> for joining me Sunday morning for the William Regal retrospective and to remind Doc that there's still an invite to do one on Hammer Horror when you have the time. It really makes a difference to my life being part of the DDT podcast family. Glenn. We are getting so much praise. I love it. Yeah. And I know the invitation exists for the Hammer Horror, but I feel like you're going to school me on it because this is a, a secret here, Glenn. I haven't seen that much Hammer Horror. I have finally seen most of the Frankenstein movies, and I think I've seen the first two Dracula movies. Um, I'm trying to think. I might have watched the first Mummy movie as well. But, like, I got a, a Blu-ray set of a lot of these movies not that long ago, and I've been working through some of them. But, like, I haven't, I still have not sat down and watched them Oh, I feel like I, I, I feel like I haven't seen enough to do that retrospective at this time. So it's not that I'm shirking you. It's just, just I, uh, you don't have to go in and be an expert. You can go in and just I want to have my opinions. I want to have a formed, thoughtful opinion on things. It seems wasteful not to go and fully prepare. Clearly, you need to take a week off of work and just do the research. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll do that right after. All right. Uh, you were you were teaching the summer yeah full-time job mm-hmm. yeah okay you are quite welcome it was a pleasure 
uh, to sit down with you there, Glenn, this Sunday morning, 5.30 a.m., bright and early, uh, podcasting with our dearest friend, the bestest of all besties, um, co-host of the Piece of Business podcast, uh, while Jeremy slacked at Disney World and did not. I saw him guzzling blue milk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anytime, anytime, anytime. Our final email of the evening comes from Mrs. Manson herself, the marvelous Mrs. Manson. Mm, I see what you did there. Puzzling. Dear Doc in DC. Yes, I was brought up on the New York Times crossword puzzles. I remember my parents getting the Sunday Times and going for the magazine section to check out the puzzle. It's a pen only household. Pencils are for wimps. To this day, whenever I'm home, I'll always find the latest puzzle laying on the kitchen counter and try my hand at filling in some squares. In related New York Times memories, I always loved looking at the new Al Hirschfeld illustrations and looking for the hidden Ninas. No idea what she's talking about. Uh, many fun memories of the New York Times. Did either of you do that? Were you a Times household duck? No. We were not either. I think this gives no. you an idea of where she grew up. Versus uh -huh. where we grew up. Oh, um, yeah. We were a journal inquirer sort of family. Yeah, we were the, <laughs> we were the Chronicle, which yeah. the Chronicle, one of my high school social studies teacher called it the happy paper for happy people with happy problems. And that is very uh -huh. much it. Not a lot of yeah. deep investigative journalism happening with the Chronicle. Um, yeah. But we did do crossword puzzles. These days, I mostly do whatever free crossword puzzles come in the weekly paper that comes in the mail with various grocery flyers. It's not the most challenging, but still helps me to scratch the itch. I just can't get into working on crossword puzzles online. I'm a pen and paper gal for life. Happy puzzling, Mrs. M. Now, if you wanted to get her a quick and easy Valentine's Day gift, Mrs. Manson, don't listen. There are crossword puzzle books that you could buy. I buy one for my dad every year for Christmas. I'm aware um, of those that you could get her. So that way she could get, her, she could, you could help her scratch that itch doc. Help her, help her scratch that itch. Yeah. Frankly, if she wants to spend some time scratching her own inch sometime, I'm all for it. I just want to, just want to watch. We're talking about crossword puzzles, right? Uh, we better be so on. All right. Uh, thank you too. Mrs. Manson and Glenn and Brent and Nate and Jeffrey for sending in those fantastic questions. We look forward to next week's questions uh, here on the show, episode 307. I'm just reminding myself. Uh, Doc, it is that time once again. What do you have for a piece of positivity to get you on through uh, the week? Um... I have been enjoying um, a, a, a subgenre of horror that I had little to no exposure to previously. Uh, in the mid, early to mid '80s, and certainly through the '80s, we've, I've talked about before the sort of shot on video uh, revolution. I think I've mentioned it on this show before. You know, people finally getting their hands on on camcorders and other sorts of things, and real sort of low budget films that were able to be made by people um, all over the world. And of course, you know, sort of became how now there's so many crap movies available everywhere. But uh, in the 80s, as well as the 90s, there was, of course, a shot on video sur resurgence 
not resurgence, surgence? When it's happening for the first time, is that a surgence? Might be just a surge. Yeah. All right. A surge then of uh, films shot on video in Japan, which is referred to as V cinema. I'm assuming the V is for video, shot on video. And Japanese V sin movies are known for being particularly gory, nasty, wet pieces of work. Um, and I came across a bit of a treasure trove on these in my various searches online. And a lot of these movies are only like 30 minutes long, 45 minutes long. Like they're not full length films. Um, and again, some of them are nasty. You know, the Japanese have a, um, let's say a stereotype, uh, you know, uh, tentacles and things. Right. And I, I got to say stereotype is um, based in reality, based off of what I'm seeing here. But the thing that I think is really interesting about these movies is a lot of the American shot on video films have incredibly low production values of terrible special effects and really bad acting. You can barely hear what's going on. They're quaint and charming in their own way, and I enjoy a lot of them for different reasons. But these Japanese movies are actually still really well made with good effects, like really good practical effects in a lot of cases. Uh, and I have been enjoying the hell out of some of these. Um, trying to think here. Let me see. Uh, some honorable mentions. Uh, Guzu, the thing forsaken by God, uh, was particularly tentacly. Um, it was about a group of uh, schoolgirls who go to stay in this hotel for the weekend. And this otherworldly creature that's like something out of Lovecraft that can that can move through mirrors um, gets them off well I, that's not what I meant um, wow. um, knocks them off wow. let's say one at a time and surprisingly I know it sounds bad because it is surprisingly tentacly and of course these are nubile young uh, Japanese girls but you would expect the worst for that movie right but no nudity in this film whatsoever. No actual like sexual um, violence or anything like that. Um, so I was actually surprised by the restraint of it uh, overall. I, I enjoyed that one quite a bit. Um, and then there was another one called Demon Within um, about this uh, photographer who goes into the woods to catch photographs of a ghost light that's been viewed, you know, in this forest by the mountain. And he ends up getting infected by the ghost and it turns into this like goblin creature that spouts out of his mouth. And like, it's almost like a little, um, have you ever seen that movie, the movie Ghoulies? Like there was this little creature uh, with the brown head, like almost like that. Um, and again, really kind of gross special effects. And uh, I don't know, there's a few others that I've got lined up to watch. I also got my hands on a copy of Evil Dead Trap, which is a full length movie. Um, from the mid uh, mid eighties, which I had never seen before, but sort of notorious, uh, surprisingly tame, sort of actually a Japanese slasher film. And I enjoyed that one quite a bit. Um, cause the thing I thought was interesting about it is like its use of color and sounds. It was, it was really an Italian giallo film, but through the lens of, of a Japanese film. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. So that was a full length film, not a V cinema thing, but evil dead trap. I enjoyed quite, quite a bit. Uh, anyways, so yes, continuing to enjoy Japanese horror in all of its forms, delving into new subgenres, 
is what I am positive about. This week on the DDT Wrestling Podcast, DC Matthews, Durango Canyon. Uh, what about you? What is your piece of positivity? You left us hanging earlier. You said you were going to explain all. Time is upon us. Uh, how do you stay positive? Doc likes those tentacles. No, they're, they're wonderful. Um, yeah, I mentioned uh, I referenced Nate's email and you know kind of postponed my answer for a bit uh, because I have found this year uh, to have a lot of trouble with that. Um, you know, a couple years ago I had a group uh you know we the, the the year that we we all shut down in march 2020 2019 2020 um had a rougher group of students uh not bad all great individually but you could not put them near each other um in any figuration because they would just set each other off um so actually it covid was it was nice to have them all at home because then I, they didn't set each other off. Um, last year didn't seem, you know, was adjusting to the COVID protocols and all of that sort of thing. Um, had a good group. This year I have a, a okay group, some kids that are working on some things, uh, but it's been really rough. And I have come home in a bad mood a lot of the time. Uh, and my wife came home in a bad mood uh, a lot of the time because it's, it's rough everywhere. And we were miserable and not enjoying uh, ourselves because you both come home kind of tired and cranky and you're when you have no kids to take it out on or, you know, <laughs> no house to unite against. Um, it can make things it can make things difficult. And so we had to have a sit down conversation recently about what are we doing? Why are we doing it? And how can we fix it? And my wife, who is the answer to your question, Nate, how do I stay positive day in and day out is I picked uh, a very good, I made a very good choice in who I married because she reminded me, you used to come home and talk about the projects you were doing, this thing you were excited about, the kids were working for this. Um, you had a new game that you wanted to teach them. You know, you used to on Fridays, like stop half an hour early and just play Uno. Like you had like four games of Uno going all at the same time. You haven't mentioned that once. And I was like, holy shit, you're absolutely right. I have gotten so lost in trying to manage behaviors and masks and all of that, that I forgot that teaching is supposed to be fun and learning is supposed to be fun. And none of us are doing that right now. And so I... You know, we, we happened to get this $150 Amazon, you know, a bunch of teachers got $150 to spend on Amazon from some nonprofit group. I ordered these dinosaur eggs that the kids get chisels and brushes and they excavate to try to get, you know, um, we, I decided on a whim today that we we're going to learn about maps. So they're making direction signs, you know, we're making maps of the classroom and do, and you know, you need someone and it doesn't have to be a, a spouse or a partner or anyone like that, but you need someone in your life, Nate, who is going to remind you of what you like about your job, uh, your hobbies, whatever. Somebody needs to be like, hey, you know, you enjoy this. 
or you enjoy it when you do X, Y, and Z. And then if you all of a sudden, because this whole week, I've been told at work by multiple people, and I've been told by my wife, oh, hi, it's nice to see you again, <laughs> because I don't know where you went, but for the last few months, you've been a prick, and now huh. you're not so much of one. It's uh, funny, because like I see you every week. I don't know that I ever could have said that I noticed a change or difference. Is this maybe your safe space where you're insulated? There's there's a whole other thing. Have something to look forward to is also a way to keep you positive. This is this is a place that I can go and I'm not worrying about work. I'm not worrying about, you know, family issues. We talked about, you know, the stuff going on in 2022 with my my aunt in the hospital. Like we mentioned it, but. That's not what this is. This is us. This is an opportunity for us to be silly and make merry and discuss Tony Khan's, you know, Twitter presence and all of that sort of thing. Um, So, you know, it's having something like that is good. Having an escape, you know, people who doom scroll social media. I don't understand. Like, get off of Facebook. I don't regret leaving Facebook at all. Um. You know, if if Twitter is bothering you, take control of the timeline, like get rid of everybody but the horror movies like Doc, you know, I, I constantly am like, is this person bringing me joy? If they're not bringing me joy, I don't need to follow them. I don't care who it is, you know, so there's all sorts of those things that that you can do. But uh, you need you need a good support group. And sometimes that's the besties. Sometimes the besties are. Good. So hopefully, Nate, we see you in the Bestie chat a bit more often. And if you're ever down and out, you got people who will help pick you back up. Yeah. I mean, I like to think that, like you said, you don't necessarily need a spouse or other person to talk to. I like to think that just listening to one DC Matthews with those inspiring words can help bring a little bit of perspective to everyone's world. People talk, you know, some they usually save it for the, the big episodes, but you heard it today. Like this is an enjoy it's an enjoyable show for us, which means hopefully it's an enjoyable show for you to listen to. And all if, twelve of you. I don't care. <laughs> if this is <laughs> if these are the enjoyable times for you, uh, then great. Nate, you need more of this. Check out the joy of booking. Check out that podcast feed. We're in don't, the middle don't, of Haas. Don't, don't We're in the it. middle of Haas fight. We're eight don't episodes in. No, nobody <laughs> should listen to Joy of Booking. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I mean, every everyone should everyone should listen to the joy of booking. I uh, hear there's a hoss fight. There's a hoss fight. I'll give you a sneak preview right here on the air, Doc Manson, oh, of boy. a matchup that you're going to get in episode nine. I haven't even recorded it yet, but I, oh no, I did record it. I now am listening back to the episodes I recorded back last summer and reacting. Uh, Luchasaurus versus Kevin Thorne from the WWECW. <laughs> Wow. Come on. Dinosaur versus vampire. vampire. Yeah, all right. I'd I'd watch that. Thank you. Okay. All maybe right. You you sold me on it again. Tony Khan's big announcement. I hope so. Maybe it's Kevin Thorne and Monty Brown. <laughs> oh, Monty Brown. Pounce. Pounce him, Monty. Pounce him. Uh so there you go. That is my piece of positivity. Uh a new perspective and you know, having people around you for me, it's my wife and Doc and but having people around you to try to help you remember uh, what you enjoy in life and focus on Man. doing that. Doc Manson is a positive influence. Who would have thought it? You are indeed. 
Doc Manson, I will ask you then anything else as we wrap up this wonderful episode, anything else you would like to say before we head out into that good night? Well, if you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, send us an email, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can listen to our entire back catalog, all 306 of those episodes, uh, by heading on over to your favorite podcast repository and searching the show title, DDT Wrestling. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash ddt wrestling to lend just a little bit of financial support to dc and doc it helps us keep the lights on and this podcast train a chug a luggin he is doc manson of the seven seas at doc manson i am durango canyon matthews at the dc matthews thank you for joining us as always find something positive for you to be excited about this week And until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our besties? Clarence Mason is the man crossing T's and dotting I's. He tells the truth, the whole truth, and never tells a lie. So good.